clean yourself off. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Die Hard. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Die Hard, we've got suspense, excitement and adventure on every level. On every level? What levels? (laughs) How many levels? So many levels. <laughs> mainly lowbrow. Um, <laughs> but we've got a bit of highbrow. And the we got, mainly... We've got Dave. Yeah, the, yeah. Dave's the highbrow. And the, the main level that we do is the guff between highbrow <laughs> and, and lowbrow, I think. Um, but, so if you've never heard this show before, where have you been? Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. But there's a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, and a lot of banter. This week is slightly different, however, as we will be putting Die Hard on trial. We won't be putting it on trial because we all know that it's a great film, but instead we're going to be asking the age-old question, or the 1989-old question, is Die Hard a Christmas film? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Okay, so um, just to say that this will be a very spoilerific episode. So if you oh, haven't seen on. Die Hard yet, <laughs> you may as well stop listening now. You are dead to us. Um, but you can watch it, come back, blah, 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 blah. Or fast forward to our quiz this week brought to you by Alex, which we'll highlight in the comments section below. So before we go on, our last film on trial was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Ozzy. Yes. I- <laughs> There we go. (laughs) That's my Spider-Man sound effect. Um, So I judged that trial and I decided that it should be placed on the hit list. I've since gone away and seen the film. Did I make the right call or not? I think I did. I think I made the definite right call there. Sorry, Dave, although you also agreed. I'm happy with that. That's fine. Yeah. uh, So yeah, I really like the animation. To be honest, that was the main bone of contention in the argument there, whether the animation was good or not. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was a fresh take on that sort of same age, old coming of age story. I really liked the voice actors. I I thought it was really funny as well. I just really enjoyed it to be fair. And um, funnily enough, Alex and I went and watched it together because Alex didn't watch it the first time around. And he really enjoyed it as well, didn't you? It was brilliant. Yeah, we both sat there just like, it was almost like holding hands to be honest. We had that much fun. It was, it was really... You know, when Joel said it was one of the best animated films ever, like, he's not, you know, I think he's not wrong there. Do you, what do you think, Gav? Do you think it's one of the best animated films ever? I don't know if it's better than Fern Gully. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex did turn to me at one point and said, this pisses all over Avatar. <laughs> Let's not go too far. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so without further hesitation, um, let's move on to a little bit of news. I've run out of notes, so like I can't go higher. I feel like you're prejudicing the argument a bit by playing a Christmas song to introduce Die Hard. That is the main song that starts. The, okay. Do you know, like when Die Hard starts, it's um, uh, Let It Snow, isn't it? Isn't it? Or is it at the end? No, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's in there. I'm, I'm not making that bit <laughs> up, you know. What do you want me to do instead? Right, anyway, it doesn't matter. So, like, moving on to a bit of news. So we go around here and we discuss the most newsworthy topics of the week. So, firstly... 
Netflix has just released its top three films. Uh, so these are the films that people have watched the most on Netflix over the past year. The first one coming at number one is The Kissing Booth. Number two is To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And number three is Roxanne, Roxanne. So just a question, really. Has, has anybody seen any of those <laughs> films? Yeah. No. No. Uh, no. no. I'd say I've never heard. I mean, I'm guessing that we're not the, the audience here. But I don't even think I've seen any of them advertised, no, to be I've honest. No, I've never seen those on... And I, and I spend a lot of time flicking through Netflix, if I'm honest. And I haven't seen those. I bet you flick through other things as well. <laughs> any, anyway. A, a good connected book. To the a good book. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I, I was actually speaking to somebody who used to work at Netflix, and they said that um, it, it's, it's like algorithm, so it remembers what you watched and what you liked, and it'll only ever show you stuff that it reckons that you'll like, because the whole point of Netflix is it wants to cut down the amount of time that you're flicking through, and that you're browsing, it'll just be like, you want to be able to just go on Netflix, see something that you want to watch, and go, right, there we go, I'm on. So maybe that's why we haven't seen these advertised, but I think it's, it's, it's odd that these are the three biggest films that they've got these are the ones that have been watched the most and that none of us have seen them or none of them have been recommended to us either oh, isn't netflix different in different places though like yeah in the u.s it's different true so maybe it's 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 um you know it's predominantly u.s viewers never, i've never heard of those films either so it is weird so segueing straight into more netflix news netflix have announced that they will be releasing 90 films next year nine zero by the way i know i've got bad diction but um with budgets close to 200 million dollars so this is about three times the amount of releases that studios standardly produce alex what what do you think is it a bit excessive i mean for they've had great success with films like the fundamentals of caring but for every one of them there's always a yeah. cloverfield paradox I, I feel like uh netflix have a bit of a scattergun approach i feel like they just throw a lot of money at stuff and they do have a lot of money and i think what netflix are doing i think they were pioneers of like pumping money into actually producing content instead of just finding content from different places and it's produced some amazing stuff but i I don't know it, it, like, i think the amount like you say the amount of guff it's produced has been pretty extensive as well but for you know as, as long as you come out with a um what's a really good netflix sorry i'm trying to think of a really good netflix original series at the moment and i can't think of the chilling name. adventures of sabrina uh, uh, was, that, that, that's like one of the most popular netflix series and um riverdale as well i've never watched either but i know that they're really really popular yeah the haunting of hill house is that haunting of hill house yeah. Show, yeah. Well, that, you know for, for every haunting of hill house there's a lot of other things but you get haunting of hill house so i'm excited to see what they'll come up with yeah, and I think it's it's opening a lot more avenues to filmmakers who ordinarily wouldn't have had the opportunity, I don't think, as well. It's it's a weird one. I'm not sure if you're going to mention this later, but, you know, Roma's coming out and it's getting huge amounts of, like, big uh, props from critics at the moment. But it, it does bring up that question, like, uh, I think it's Alfonso Cuaron, isn't it, as the yeah. director? And he said, like, great, it's coming out on Netflix, but I actually wanted it to be seen on the big screen. Like, there's still people, you know, and I, I, I kind of agree it's good to see this good to see films made for the big screen on the big screen if you can but it's only getting a limited release in cinemas and only in curzon cinemas i think so it's it's good but i also think we need cinema still i don't i don't want to see netflix yeah. starting to eke into that i think it's good that they are still releasing them at cinemas because i can imagine netflix maybe being a bit sort of well if we financed it then why should we release it in the cinemas I get that, yeah um, but i i, uh, I went to the oldest cinema in massachusetts the other week and it was one of the only films that were playing and i was sort of really wanting to go and see it because i was thinking like well well you know, it it would be great to see on the big screen, but then I also thought, well, I know it's on, on Netflix at home. Well you know what else. I mean? So yeah. 
are there going to be more people like that who will say, well, why should I bother going out to pay at the cinema when I can just watch it at home? Because it is better to see it at the cinema. And yeah. I think Roma's going to be, it, from the sounds of things, it's going to be one of those films where it would be worth it to shell out the extra money and go and see it. Yeah, Austin, were you going to... Uh, yeah, what I was going to say is that is that's not part of their, um, when they got their little snub with the award ceremonies. Mm. Um, first off, is that not what essentially what they said? Well, yeah. fuck you, you know, we're, we're financing these great films. We're just not going to worry. We don't need... We're going to make our own rules. Definitely. If you don't want to look at my good films, then... I'm not going to put them in the centre anyway. So. And I think they are attracting bigger and bigger names. I mean, as you just said, Alfonso Cuaron there, Guillermo del Toro's got um, his version of Pinocchio coming out next year. They've also got Martin Scorsese's The Irishman that's coming out next year as well. So they are attracting some really big names with big budgets as well. Dave, do you still think there's a bit of a stigma with regards to Netflix and maybe it's not being accepted as a good standard and it's not getting recognised for awards? Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's still a lot of... Um... A lot of people out there that see the Netflix originals as kind of nothing nothing to get overly excited about. I think there's a lot of producers out there, and bear in mind, these are normally the people that are on the awards bodies panels, uh, still don't think that you know it's as good as a mainstream studio release. It's going to be of the same quality. And in, in most instances in the past, I think they would have been right, but I think the times are changing a little. And I think if Netflix plays its cards right, gets a few more decent films out there in the mix, then th- th- that attitude could change. Well, fingers crossed. Okay, so moving on to Alex's film feels. <laughs> what, 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 what? Just out of interest? I think that was, was that a pig. What? It was a pig. <laughs> oh, of course, sorry. Um, <laughs> right, bit of an easy one. We're doing uh, Die Hard. What's your favourite Die Hard? Okay. I was, I was, I was going to say favourite Die Hard villain but I've got a feeling we're all going to say the same one. I thought you were going to say, what is your favourite hard, hardest death in a film? Like somebody <laughs> who, who died really hard. In in any film. In any film. <laughs> hey, so, yeah, famous, yeah. Uh, uh, is, anybody, is anybody's favourite Die Hard film not the first Die Hard? No. I like my Die Hard to be Christmassy, so I like Die Hard 1. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I also like my Die Hard to be Christmassy, so I like Die Hard 2. <laughs> what was the one with the um, taxi? That was Die, Die Hard, Hard 3. 3. I like Die Hard 3. I quite, quite like Die Hard 4. <laughs> <laughs> Dave? I do not like Die Hard <laughs> There's only one Die Hard left. <laughs> Got to be Die Hard 5. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, hardest death in a film? Uh, who died really hard well, I'm just thinking really, of really, really hard. Hard. the really? guy the guy in Robocop ah. oh, right at the beginning covered no the guy <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. end the covered in chemicals and just when you think it's all over this melted mess of a man gets hit by a car and just <laughs> oh, yeah. completely shattered yeah that was, that was that's, pretty horrible that's that. dying hard if ever there was uh, maybe the bratty assistant in Jurassic World um, oh yeah she <laughs> pretty <laughs> bad as well <laughs> she did die hard didn't she Jesus. Yeah, any, any other hard deaths is this just going to be something that we think about throughout maybe um, uh, the poor chap Arnie fires off the helicopter missile into the side of a building who's that? in True Lies oh right yeah yeah oh yeah right. Art Malik oh what, Art Malik what about um, don't uh, in, say in Cutthroat Cutthroat Island, Island. <laughs> 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 Island. You know what I mean? Not only is he shot out the back, but he also gets a really shit pun before he dies. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was the pun? Bad, Bad dog. Bad dog. <laughs> it's like, I could just see him like, really? And then like getting shot out of the back. I thought you were going to say a dad, you know, like attempted drowning, <laughs> oh, yeah. shooting, and then scalped. <laughs> he died out because, yeah, he, was, he thought he was having a lovely moment with his daughter. He was like, shave me. Yeah. Got scalped instead. <laughs> yeah, just shave me. You can see, scalped you can read me. the map. No, just, just, just write down 
down what's on my head on a piece of paper that's... anyway right well thank you very much for that guys uh, if you do remember more hard deaths throughout the episode please do bring them up uh, but thank you very much for that Alex hey <coughs> <laughs> What? What? That's a genuine sound no, no, effect. No, it's not an impression. I'm, thanks. Anyway, onto the bulk of the. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> to the bulk of the show. Um, so this week's film, as mentioned before, is Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> is it a Christmas film or not? And once again, it's been picked by us again. Sorry, guys, but this is an important question that needs answering, and we are the guys to do it. Anyway, the roles have been picked out at random in the roles of defense and arguing that Die Hard is definitely a Christmas film on me and Joel. Now, Joel and I are a little bit like John and Holly. Joel can lie to himself and pretend that we're not an item, but (laughs) I will follow him to his office Christmas party and I will murder many people (laughs) to prove my love for him. And didn't he get invited? <laughs> he did. He got invited. Okay, yeah. He made it out that he just turned up and announced. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, <laughs> give the guy a bit of credit. <laughs> I think. I think he was invited, but maybe the violence that he brought. Was okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll go with that. Yeah. I didn't say on the invite. <laughs> Don't wear shoes and bring a gun. Um, anyway, uh, in the roles of prosecution on arguing that Die Hard is definitely not a Christmas movie are. Dave and Alex. Now, Brucey and Captain Dave are a bit like the terrorists. They have bad haircuts and they're only doing this for the money. <laughs> True that. True that. And just like real court advocates, we are all making the best case for our roles. This may or may not be our real opinions, though, so do stay tuned till the end of the episode to hear our real thoughts. Which means this week, Ozzy has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Yippee Kaye. Oh, oh, lovely, lovely. Well done, man. <laughs> Getting involved in the Christmas spirit or the not Christmas spirit. Uh, anyway, Austin is a bit like Hans Gruber. He dresses really well, but nobody trusts him. <laughs> now, Ozzy must decide whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas film based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. Ozzy, have you ever seen Die Hard? I have, I have. Holy shit, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one we're talking about. <laughs> Not the yes, one in the yeah. taxi. Yeah. I've seen the first one and the third one. Yeah. This isn't the one where he helps that kid that can see ghosts, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now, it doesn't matter whether no. or not Austin's seen it anyway, because... Similar premise. <laughs> even if Austin thought it was the greatest film ever made, it doesn't guarantee that it's going to be on the hit list or it's going to be called a, a Christmas film. Um, Ozzy's a loose cannon who plays by his own rules. A bit like John McClane. So, uh, before we get started, I think that we should give the listeners a bit of an idea as to what this film is about and spin the wheel of impressions. Okay, so here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters. So, who should we do, guys? Who's it landed on? It's landed on me. Hans. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Alan Rickman. Okay. Um, John McClane. I'm loving it already. Officer of the NYPD tries to save his wife. <laughs> it's, good. it's got a little king speech. Holly yeah. <laughs> Gennaro and several others that were taken hostage by German terrorist Hans Gruber <laughs> during a Christmas party at Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Oh, very That's nice. Pretty good. I mean, yeah, it back. Pretty good. Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 it goes me work well done, that, was, that was really good yeah well done Gav honestly that was a that was a very, very good 
off the top of your head. Th- thanks, guys. Thanks. Uh, uh, so, right, moving on. Without further hesitation, Austin, would you like to please kick off proceedings? Yeah. Um, so basically, I want you guys to just convince me whether this is a Christmas film or it isn't. So um, feel free to pick any topics you like, but I'm going to be judging it solely on what I feel a Christmas <laughs> film should hit. So... The, uh, the onus is on you to guess what things I consider <laughs> really important in a Christmas film. And um, and uh, yeah, far away, who would like to go first? Defence. Okay. Right. Tell me, is this a Christmas film? It is a Christmas film. End of. Well done. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank Prose- you very much Prose- for listening, everyone. <laughs> we'll be in your ears next week. Pro- prosecution. <laughs> okay, so the story, for those of you who don't know, revolves around fucking hell. <laughs> That's nice and Christmassy. I mean, I, I, I mean, I have actually seen this, and I'm positive that that isn't what this, <laughs> the film revolves around here. But I'm, carry on. I'm just breaking everything yeah. here. The film revolves around John McClane, a gruff New York cop who is invited, Austin, he's invited to attend the LA-based office Christmas party of his separated wife Holly. However, eggnog hits the fan as a bunch of terrorists siege the building and take the guests hostage leaving John McClane to save the day and reunite with his wife. So as I just mentioned, the film takes place at a Christmas party on Christmas Eve, no less. A fundamental part for me of any Christmas film is that it needs to be set at Christmas. Just because a lot of people are exploded doesn't take away the fact that this happens at Christmas time. Alex, am I not wrong? Yes, he is wrong. Um, he's wrong because I'd say It's a Wonderful Life is one of the best, like sometimes regarded as the most classically best Christmas film of all time. It'd be very hard to say that's not a Christmas film. Yeah, yeah actually, a very little of it is set at Christmas. It's more about the message. It's only actually the last part of it. Well, there's little bits in between that are set at Christmas. Or Most it does of it have isn't. a section that is set at Christmas, doesn't there, it? There, there are bits, but just that doesn't necessarily mean that just because something's set at a time doesn't mean it's completely a Christmas film. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there are other examples of films that are set at Christmas. Lethal Weapon is set at is set at Christmas. No one's saying that Lethal Weapon's a Christmas film. You know, it, it, just because it's set at that. time. I think Shane Black would argue that it is a Christmas film. <laughs> yeah, I don't think many people have. That As debate, are though. every other Shane Black film. Just because something's set at a time doesn't mean there's more to a christmas film and just okay the reason, okay the reason it's set at christmas right is just to do some a simple plot point okay it brings in some nice christmasy things yeah that's fine you sort of see la at christmas you know that, that that builds a little bit into the story but very little really the only reason it is is because you need a plausible reason why john mcclain wants to be with his family at a certain point in the year that could be, be anything and, and why it would be important christmas is one little plot point it could be no. If that's the case, it could be just a, a family party. It could just be an office party. It could be an invite to go. You know, a- they are separated. It could be Thanksgiving. It could be Easter. It could be anything. But absolutely. this is Christmas. Now, like I know you were saying that. Okay, uh, it's a wonderful life. It's a fantastic Christmas film, and only a little bit of that is set at Christmas. I'm going to compare Home Alone to another Christmas film that never has its label disputed. Home Alone, or as I like to call it, Die Hard Light. Uh, the, <laughs> the plot is essentially the same uh, property is sieged and it's up to one person to defend it if anything the lengths that kevin McAllister goes to defending his house are more gruesome than that of john mcclain <laughs> yet it is never argued it's a different argument but... <laughs> no but it's never argued whether home alone is a christmas film or not uh, so go on because home alone is bringing in more into it you know you, you've got the thing of family going away what's important at christmas time he wants to be home alone he wants all of these things and then he realizes that christmas isn't christmas without everyone there john mcclain goes at christmas time and then just blows a lot of people up 
helicopters fly down and it's awesome (laughs) don't get me wrong it's brilliant but home alone has a christmas message about family coming together that die hard just lacks die hard is amazing to blow up things but that isn't christmassy i tell you what alex i am very very glad that you brought that point up because that's the next thing i was going to say for me another thing that makes a great christmas film is a strong message that resonates with its audience and once again similar to home alone there is a running theme about the value of family Right, so at the beginning of the film, Holly and John are separated. All John wants to do is spend time with his estranged wife and his kids, but those pesky terrorists are standing in his way. John is devastated when he realizes that his wife is using a maiden name and when he gets to the office, and he thinks that that's another sign that their relationship is drifting apart. There are constant references to family throughout, from Holly and John worrying about their kids to them talking about reconciliation, even to the terrorists. When Carl, the terrorist, learns about the death of his brother, he is absolutely distraught, and that fuels him to try and take vengeance so like for me there is a massive merry christmas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> vengeance yeah you're right it's just like home alone yeah. well, you know that's essentially what it is when when uh, kevin McAllister thinks that all of his family have been taken he he is filled with murderous rage <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I i think we're coming back to our original point here which is just look if, if that that's fine and just because it's a family about a family means it's a good bit of drama a little bit of drama tacked on to make you care about the characters and that's fine but family drama is as much as you can go you can't make, turn that just because it's about family doesn't mean it's about christmas and it, and it's not it's a really it, it's nice that it's set at christmas it really enhances the film but that doesn't mean it's a film about christmas it doesn't mean a film that's got a christmas message there is no message to die hard that's kind of what i like about die hard it hasn't really got that much of a message you don't need a message in every single film you've got a man overcoming the odds finds redemption bloom boom yes that's in some christmas films yeah but it's also in an awful lot of films christmas is not mentioned uh you know the uh, i think it is it's mentioned a little bit but hans gruber isn't bringing up bringing up christmas all the time or saying looks like i've ruined your christmas john or, or anything like but that as you, as you just said <laughs> neither does that happen in it's a wonderful life like you know the, the the angel clarence doesn't say to george listen pal don't jump off the bridge because christmas and shit you know no, but christmas no. He does not. <laughs> no, no, they did a better job on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, but Christmas is integral to that film. If you took Christmas out of that, of it's a wonderful life. It kind of it would not have the emotional impact. If you took Christmas, just like Gav was saying, if you took Christmas out of Die Hard, it wouldn't have an effect. You'd still love Die Hard if it was set at Thanksgiving, like he was saying. Set any time, set set around a kid's birthday party, right? You'd still love Die Hard. So if you took the Christmas out of Die Hard, it'd still be an amazing film. Like Rampage. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean it. Not to Rampage, come sorry. Like um, Inferno. Inferno, yeah. Inferno. Inferno, sorry. The other rock film. The other rock film, what? Yeah. Inferno, yeah. what a film. Uh, you've thrown me off skyscraper skyscraper sorry yeah right. the, the other die hard yeah, the rip other off. great die hard yeah. Yeah. That, that three film jump has thrown me well off sorry, <laughs> alex sorry. alex can i say something right if you were to take christmas out of home alone right it would just be the exact same film as i just said similar to your argument then about die hard if you took christmas out of home alone right it would be the same film but it would, you know, wouldn't have the Christmas reference. So would that be a Christmas film? Probably not. And but, you could say the same about so but, many Christmas but films. But Home Alone would suffer for it, whereas Die Hard wouldn't. I don't think Home Alone would suffer for it if it was just a family going on vacation. What, well, I don't I, think Christmas is fundamental I, to the plot. I think what you're saying here is that um, Home Alone isn't a Christmas film. I'm saying that Home Alone and <laughs> Die Hard are two of the greatest 
if not identical Christmas films that have ever been made. But you mentioned before about redemption. Right, so John McClane starts the movie as, as an estranged husband. He's from New York and he's looked down upon by Holly's LA colleagues. He feels like a slob in comparison to them and he feels that they look down his noses at him. As the film goes on, McClane defeats the terrorists, saves the hostages, wins back his wife. That is a great tale of redemption, which is another contributing factor to Christmas film. There's, ooh, there's also... Oh, hang on. Why? Well, okay, right. You were just mentioning the greatest film, the greatest Christmas film ever made, which was "It's a Wonderful Life." That is that is a massive uh, story of redemption. of redemption. You know, this is a guy who is on the last, you know, kind of straw. He is ready to just throw it all away. He's he is just a very, very, you know, kind of scrape of the barrel. However, he has a massive tale of redemption. He realizes that there are more important things to life. And at the end of it, you know, he, he's, he's quite heroic. He's reunited with his family. And that's very yeah, similar to Die Hard. They're, they're both, I'll just finish it. Like, yeah. they're, they're both redemption tales because redemption tales, there's only about eight different stories actually out there in the world ever. It's a redemption tale. They both are, right? But the difference is the whole town comes together behind George in It's a Wonderful Life. Everyone jumps in. That is Christmassy as fuck, right? But like Die Hard, no one comes to help him. He's on his own. He's and he's blowing up terrorists, and it's absolutely brilliant. No, no. So the thing is, is that the entire building comes together, and everybody outside, <laughs> okay. all of the cops. Like, so one of the one of one of the things for me is that there's also a strong theme of friendship running throughout this film, throughout this film, right? And I think that that is another contributing theme to a great Christmas film. Uh, John befriends street cop Al. Uh, the two of them speak throughout the film on walkie-talkies throughout the siege. They share valuable information with each other, and they share some really personal stories. When John thinks he's about to die, he's wrought with emotion, and he asks Al to pass on a message message of love to his wife when the siege is finally over john and i'll share this really warm embrace and it's a really heartwarming moment of the film and i think that adds like to, to to the film to the final film and you know i think that that is the perfect symbol and message of christmas you know it's it's about friendship as well so these are themes that are commonplace in standard Christmas films. Think of the most well-known Christmas film, as Alex just said. It's a Wonderful Life. Very, very similar main characters. Very similar st- uh, story of redemption. Very similar themes of friendship and family and the importance of it. But the fact is, is that It's a Wonderful Life will always be remembered as a great Christmas film. And Die Hard is still debated until today, that is. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks Thanks for that, you two. I've, um, if there's one thing I like more than anything, it's when a film... Um, of one genre gets compared to a classic <laughs> film of a very different genre. That's that really appeals to me. And, Home and alone how I, or it's wonderful. <laughs> a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. So, um, so like, this is really, really resonating with me and my thought process. But is it, is it like how similar Hocus Pocus was to the Lolita? Apparently, yeah, and Leon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But what I would like to hear is two completely different voices. Just that either yeah, same points, different points, fair. but that'll be um, like, so, so I think what we've got at the moment is that there's contrasting arguments, but we, we do agree that it touches on the same qualities as other classic Christmas films. It does have redemption. There is a friendship theme. There is a talk of love and family. But I feel like you've got, a few a few arguments why this is not a Christmas film day. I would or? say so. I mean, Rush Hour as a friendship theme, you know, it's got two cops bonding over and sharing experiences. Doesn't well, make it a Christmas. Christmas exactly. no, this doesn't make it a Christmas film. No Christmas trees. <laughs> no Christmas trees in sight. <laughs> if it was at Christmas, though, it would be a Christmas film. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that all? It just if it's set at Christmas, it's a Christmas. Film. Like Alex said, Lethal Weapon isn't really considered yeah. a Christmas film. Batman Returns is not considered a Christmas film. You know, just because the setting of Christmas is purely incidental, I think, in these instances. Um, And 
Okay, they've talked a lot about the plot, about what's going on in the actual movie with the characters. I just want to point out to everybody that Die Hard was released in July 1988. It was a summer blockbuster. It was not a festive classic. And John McTiernan, apparently, you know, I kind of noticed we've all been referring to uh, terrorists this entire podcast, you know, whoever said they were a terrorist, I believe it's a, yeah, yeah. a lie from the film. Uh, John McTiernan purposely made them uh, essentially robbers, thieves, as opposed to terrorists, because he thought that was a bit too dark for what he considered to be a summer blockbuster, summer entertainment. And that's what this film was. It's how it was marketed. It's how it was designed. It was dropped in July. It, it was dropped later in um, the UK, but in February the following year, I believe. It's still not Christmas. It was never designed for a Christmas release, and there's probably a good reason for it. You take Christmas out of Die Hard, it doesn't affect a thing. You know, and um, I, I would like to say, you know, there was a poll done recently by The Hollywood Reporter. I don't want to be influenced by any outside... No, it's uh, just opinions. I don't, I'm not entirely sure whether that can, is admissible I can, I can in the I can disregard court. them. I can disregard yeah. them. Okay. <laughs> well, let's hear it anyway, and then if there's an objection from the other... <laughs> if there's an objection from the other... No, the, there from will, the, there yeah. will be. All, yeah. all, all I'll say is some people voted uh, 25% in favour of one argument and 62% in the other, the rest abstained. Seeing as I'm bringing up the argument, you can probably guess which way it went. Yeah, well, that means bullshit. You know, it could have been like four people were interviewed, you know, so it doesn't mean anything. Gav Gav isn't an accountant, just in case anyone's checking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I mean, these are pretty good things. So it was actually released in summer, Joel. It's um, summer summer in, in, in its state release and then February for its UK release. So it was never meant as a Christmas film. Oh, However, you know, that that may be the case. I don't know, you know, the original thinking. If he released it in July, maybe he didn't mean it to be a Christmas film, but it doesn't mean to say it hasn't become one. You know, if you if you think of Christmas films, or even if you go to a Christmas quiz, you know, you'll see Die Hard on there, you'll see Batman Begins on there. They might not be, um, you know, synonymous with Christmas in terms of the message and, and all that type of thing, you know, Gav has um, brought up some interesting points, which which maybe, you know, on your first watch through, let's be honest, you, you, you might not see things like that, whether they're there or not. Um, but it, it, you can't hide from the fact that it's set at Christmas and it's become synonymous with Christmas. And a big part of it, for me, has got to be the soundtrack. It's not like it's just background music that's playing in the film. The soundtrack is mostly Christmas films. And I think that is kind of, well, it speaks for itself. You're not going to have, um, you know, a Christmas film that doesn't have a Christmassy soundtrack. It, it, it just would not make sense. And I think, you know, if you, if you took the Christmas setting out of it, yeah, it would still be a good film. But as we mentioned, you could take Christmas out of Batman Begins. You could take Christmas out of, you know, a whole bunch of these uh, kind of classics, which we now consider to be, Christmassy films and yeah it might not be you know something like Elf where you, you you watch it and you feel festive or whatever but you stick it on it and it reminds you of Christmas and that for me um you know is you know basically what you'd expect of a Christmas film okay okay um, I mean, if I, sorry, if if I, right, right, I mean no. the music is one thing but you know I could play Christmas songs over your know, recaps of the Summer Olympics and I'd f- f- and feel it, Christmassy and you've, you might do but it's, it still doesn't make it a Christmas uh, experience yeah but anybody could do I, that I could do it over the Winter Olympics and even try and fool you and I'd more feel extra Christmassy setting, but it still <laughs> wouldn't make it a Christmas movie and you know it's also it's, it's funny you mentioned Elf there you know if you watched Elf let's say in April that would feel a bit weird, that would feel a bit jarring, you know, because you're watching a Christmas film in April. You could watch Die Hard any time of the year, and I'm sure all of us in this room have watched Die Hard at any given point in the year. It's not reserved only for Christmas, and I think that does say something. 
Can I just say that I think, well, well firstly, I, I, I read an interview with um, um, uh, uh, John McTiernan and he basically said that the reason that they did it in July is because they wanted to capitalize on the fact that more people go to the cinema in July. They wanted it to become a big summer blockbuster. But the fact of the matter is that it's a Christmas film. And I think that it's done something amazing there in that you mentioned before, like, well, why isn't Lethal Weapon considered a Christmas film? It's because it's set at Christmas. It doesn't embrace Christmas, though. Die Hard does Every aspect of Christmas is embraced and it has become something amazing. A film that is a Christmas film that you can watch at Christmas, but you can also watch any other time of the year. Right, sorry. Every aspect of Christmas. I mean, uh, Christmas is about the, the birth of Jesus, Gav. Is that is that brought up in this film? Like, like, not every aspect of Christmas is brought up in this film. In fact, like very few. It's brought up simply as the time of the setting. And like, let's just talk about the elephant in the room here. An awful lot of people are murdered in this film in very horrific ways. People have guns to their heads. People are thrown out of buildings. And it's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's... it's people die at Christmas, Alex. That's a, that's do, you, do you think that people just don't lot, die that, at Christmas? That's a lot of fun. Murders happen as but, well. But there are... I, I, I challenge you to really think of another Christmas film. So if we're saying that this is just fits in with all other Christmas films, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. Like, it doesn't fit in because I cannot think of another Christmas film whereas this just more like sort of just indiscriminate slaughter you know that isn't silent night deadly film. night black christmas <laughs> Santa sleigh, Apart from jack Gap. frost <laughs> i can name like, several mates like the, the, the there is an awful lot of violence in this film and like i say that so that's all brilliant but this do, this film does not embrace all aspects of christmas at all. I, don't, I don't think it needs to embrace all aspects to be a christmas film as i said there's multiple different types of christmas film you watch A Wonderful Life and you might, you know, be left feeling with a, you know, a happy, warm, festive feeling. You watch Elf and it's just kind of a, a you know, a, a comedic Christmas take. And you watch Die Hard and yeah, you might not come out of it feeling, you know, oh, I want to go and, you know, what? roast chestnuts or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you'll come out of it and you'll be thinking of Christmas and that is you know, a damning argument in itself. Honestly, it's not really a family film, though, is it? A lot of Christmas films have got to be family films. You can watch Home Alone with the family. You can watch Elf with the family. You can watch anything that's considered a Christmas classic. You can sit down with kids, with anyone of any age. And My watch kids it. are going to watch Die Hard. Die Hard <laughs> is not, too, but it's not for the family. <laughs> and, you know, you say it's got a family theme, but that it stri- strikes a big line through being family entertainment, which is what Christmas is about. You know, sitting around with the family, watching a film together, strikes a big line through it. Die Hard does not tick that box. I watched I watched Die Hard when I was a kid and I'm fine <laughs> and what if you hate your family and you just want to watch it on your own does anyone which, know which is great that's what, what I do the rating for Die Hard was it 15 18 an 18 yeah so Die Hard was an Yippee 18 Kaye, okay. mother flipper um, like do to, 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 to Christmas films have to be family friendly you know do they have to be a family film I don't think that's the case I think I can think of loads of great Christmas films that are you know 15s 18s look at you know like what well, great, want, great want, Christmas yeah, films you like sure about films that? classic films what about okay? What about Bad Santa? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What but about that? Is clearly a Christmas film. Yeah, yeah, what, what, yeah it is. I mean, it's, it's got Santa it's in the title. Film. Film. It's a really what bad about? Uh, but I'm just trying to think of more recent ones. Bad Moms, Christmas, no, the, uh, night, the, the, no, night the night before. Yeah. What about? So these are all films that you know that are Christmas films. What about Trading Places as well? Wasn't that like an 18 as well? Mm. 
and, and, that, and that's that's a Christmas Eve. And like, I'm not saying that every every Christmas film needs to be family friendly. It needs to be a film you can watch with your fa- your family, but it needs to have a sense or an essence of Christmas. And Die Hard definitely does. And although it does have lots of explosions and lots of terrorists being murdered, it also gives you a lovely Christmassy feeling inside. <laughs> exactly and you might be sick of watching lovely things and you just think you know what i want to watch someone get the face shot off and then you can go and put die hard on which is, you which know, is why uh, this yeah, debate exists exactly what, what what people say is like i think die hard is an antidote to christmas okay so it's not a christmas film it's something you watch at christmas because you're sick of watching the christmas chronicles or just like you know sort of schmaltzy <laughs> <laughs> schmaltzy sweet christmas films you watch die hard because yeah it's set at christmas but it's an antidote to christmas films it's not a christmas film no no i i completely disagree right so for, for me right alex right try and disagree if you will right i watch die hard and i feel very christmassy i watch love actually and disagree i feel like that feels christmassy i i watch love actually and i feel like murdering somebody well, so yeah, of course exactly so you know and love actually is apparently you know one of the greatest christmas films yeah, but, but it's not is it but see, <laughs> do you or do you not feel more christmassy watching die hard than you do love actually um yeah you've trapped him there but, well yeah, played but, I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, all, all i feel watching love actually is just cold rage so yeah it's, it's a hard one to compare anything to Right. Uh, Dave, Dave does right. uh, Roger Ebert say anything about Die Hard? <laughs> um, he said it was a good film, and I don't know whether he talked about Christmas, though, to be honest with you. But like you said, you're talking about love, actually. It's like, you know, it, it does appear on polls of great Christmas films, just like Die Hard does. And it's like, you know, neither fit in that category for two very different reasons. Maybe Bruce Willis had just watched Love Actually before going on a murderous <laughs> rage. Well, actually, Bruce Willis, funnily enough that you should mention him, uh, says that it's not a Christmas film. Roger Ebert may not have anything to say about it, but Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis, right, Bruce Dave. Willis has said. Like, bear in mind, bear in mind. Right, hang on. Like Stephen E. D'Souza, who was the screenwriter of Die Hard, confirmed that Get it is facts. a Christmas movie. He's the guy who wrote it. Bruce Willis is the man who said that Die Hard Five was a good movie. So Bruce Willis's opinion Steve, in 2018. If I just may, Stephen E. D'Souza was joking. He made a, it was a very much a parody point because people <laughs> said, "Is it a Christmas film?" And he's like, "Yeah, look at well, look at White Christmas. It's like German bad guy." Check. They got Hitler. We got Hans Gruber. <laughs> Government incompetence. Yeah, they fired the general at the Pentagon. We've got the FBI. And it was it was a joke point. <laughs> Stephen E. D'Souza was not me. As serious. was Bruce Willis's. His point is a joke because his opinion's a joke. <laughs> how, okay. do, how do you know? <laughs> I know. If All I right. know Bruce, then it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all just agree that it's a great Christmas film. And Dave, you mentioned about polls. Just to slip that one in. Uh, Dave, you mentioned about polls. Sky Movies just ran a poll recently and it, it, it tops the greatest movies, uh, greatest Christmas film poll for that. So much so that they've actually put it uh, in their Christmas movie channel so that's mm-hmm. one of the films that, they, that they're showing this season so it's as an antidote to Christmas yeah like Alex said the reason why we have this debate is because people do say oh Die Hard is my favourite Christmas movie and they're normally people that are sick to death yes. of the festive season you know they, they're just reminded that Christmas you know it, it might be about being trapped in a building with a lot of people you don't particularly want to be there with I suppose <laughs> yeah. that's the most Christmassy comparison <laughs> exactly yeah make. yeah it, it, it is exactly. sort of... <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas everyone <laughs> let's kill them it, it, it is this, this, this sort of sums up a uh, sort of family Christmas for me, you know, being in a building with people that you want to... <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> Some of that family do listen to the podcast and they comment regularly on our Instagram. So just to be... I'm not talking about, being tongue-in-cheek here. I'm not talking about my family. <laughs> 
yeah, no, uh, <laughs> for me, I, uh, it's it's just is. It's a Christmas film. Everything about it, it just screams Christmas. All right, before you carry on with those, so let's do you guys. Can we do it? Is it's two on two, isn't it? Mm. Does, do you I think, flip I think we've all said what we need yeah, to say. But can, can we have a yeah, quick? I, uh, so I, I quite like to have a, a statement, closing a short closing sure. statement, just so I can go away. And is it a Christmas it. film? Yes, it is. <laughs> I'll, add, I'll add to that. <laughs> I, I'll add to that that uh, it did something really fresh and unique. And Bruce said before that Christmas films can be smaltzy and they can be just repetitive garbage. But with this, this is not uh, whatever uh, Bruce said, but antidote to Christmas. This is an alternative to Christmas. This is a film that you can watch at Christmas that anybody can enjoy. You know, you're fed up with you know the the usual typical Christmas movies. This is something for you. This is this is action film. This is something that hadn't been done before. An action film at christmas so this is like a corner in a completely different market it was very successful and i think that one of the things that made it so successful was the fact that it was set at christmas okay thank you very much that was a good defense um do you guys want to split it into as well you can have um you got a minute between you yeah i'll just quickly you can say you can do it the same passover yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah just a quick point you, you would not feel out of place watching die hard at any other time of year you could watch it at easter in the middle of the summer it does not matter just because there's a christmas tree loitering in the background does not make it festive okay you take christmas out of this film and it would make no impact it'd still be an awesome film you can't do that for christmas films if you take christmas out of a christmas film it shouldn't even make sense this film would, and it'd still be an absolutely brilliant film. It's a good film that you might watch at Christmas, but it won't make you feel Christmassy. But it might make it might be a good film to watch at Christmas. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, surprisingly, this is as I say every time I'm on it. So this is actually harder <laughs> than I've got. Um, four pages here of and a nice notes. doodle of John McLean at a Christmas party. You see, yep, I might save that. In, but... <laughs> that's actually really good. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. much better than so, the uh... cotton balls that you draw every week. <laughs> they have been practicing. Yeah, that's no, very good. I mean, he did start as a cock and balls. To be fair, there is shoulders. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's he did, his head. He? He really <laughs> it looks. Uh, it looks pretty Christmassy as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christmassy. Yeah. So, so anyway, let me, I'm going to have a little think up of these um, these points. Somebody yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. We got a quiz. We got a Christmas yeah, don't quiz. Don't worry. We got a die. You can think I've got a diehard quiz. Um, now, when I was trying to get this quiz ready, I had like looked at some diehard quizzes online and I just kept getting full marks. And I realised that because we know diehard very well, I had to come up with something a little bit special. So hopefully I've come up with a very hard diehard quiz. So uh, ease you in with a bit of an easier question, I think. Uh, what is the name that Hans Gruber gives to John McClane when John McClane finds him? Bill Clay. Clay, yeah. It is Bill Clay. Very, very quick. Bill Clay. <laughs> yeah, well done. Uh, right, point to Gav. Uh, what is the total body count in Dark? Thirteen. Oh. Interesting. You no, know, it's thirty. Isn't the thirteen terrorists? But he doesn't kill them all, does he? Twenty-two. He kills two innocent people on his way out the door. <laughs> Thirteen, twenty-two, Aussie. I'm going to say nineteen. Nineteen. Um, Twenty-four. Oh, I'm going to give you half a point. It was 23. Oh, oh. Well, I forgot the pilot in the FBI helicopter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about all the, uh, the SWAT, SWAT vans, that was a big one. SWAT van, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people in them SWAT vans. R.I.P. Uh, what does... <laughs> what does McLean say to Hans Gruber, spoiler coming up, after shooting him and adding insult to death? Um... Uh, oh. I don't know. To, I can't remember. How oh, shit does he say? Is, say his watch is cheap. 
<laughs> no. Nice watch. <laughs> you watch shit. This is just after he shot him and Hans is still, he doesn't know that Holly's in danger and he's just fallen backwards. What's he say? I thought, I can't remember. Something mm. asshole. No. I want to just say yippee motherfucker. Is it? You'd think so, but no. Ozzy? I can't remember. I, I, I've only watched this recently as well. Happy Trails, Hans. Oh, yeah. Happy, Happy Trails. trails uh, <laughs> 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 I thought he was in the room. No, he's no longer in the room. Which McLean child rings Holly to see if John McLean is coming home? Lucy. It is Lucy. Well done. Well done. Well done. All right. This is a this is a tricky. One. I don't know why you're doing that. This is a tricky one. What is the password they have to use to unlock Joe Takagi's computer? Oh, this is a hard one. Uh, hallelujah. No. Anyone? Bingo. Isn't it the translation of his name? Yes, it is. Oh, uh, John. No. no, no, no. It's like... Joe oh, John. That would be his name. Yeah. <laughs> it's something like Dragon, is it? No, it's Red Castle. Red Castle. Oh, Red Castle. Oh, yeah. Takeshi's Castle. <laughs> Takagi's Castle. <laughs> okay. Hey, he's gone into the drink. <laughs> like I say, these questions are hard. Uh, what do Ellis... I love that scene with Ellis and Hans Gruber. Do, do you know the character I'm talking about with the beard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what do Ellis and Hans Gruber have in common? They both do coke. Both have beards. <laughs> You're technically right, Dave. <laughs> it's not what I'm looking for. You're only half right now, uh, is he? They, they get their suits from the same place. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yes. Joel, the only way is you could tell me where the, the suits are from. Uh, the Beard Emporium. Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, Bro- Brooks Brothers. Gav. Oh, Nailed it. Well um, okay, what does McLean do to first get the attention of a terrorist? He... Oh, he's at the fire alarm. Yeah, Gav again. Okay, and a bit of an easy one, so you'll have to you'll have to jump in this. Which character does John McClane like to think he's like? Roy Rogers. Definitely more Bob. That. That's Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah, uh, just Gav, like Gav, you ran away with that quiz. Like Christopher oh, wow. Walken as well. <laughs> Oh. I was always uh, Roy Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Um, listen, this was actually—I thought it was going to be pretty clear. I, th- I thought we had a room of people all on the same side, and now I'm really not sure. Um, I've added everything up. I've gone through pretty much every point has been um, has been crossed out, except for. Everyone agreed that this is a film that you can really enjoy at Christmas and it will help you get through Christmas. And the big one for me was the whole comparison that it's it's a load of people in a building that you're trying to fight to get out of from. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why, you are such a wild card judge. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I, I was... I was I did think a little bit that, yeah, Die Hard isn't family entertainment. It is an 18 and it's clearly not suitable for children. Um, a huge part of it. But um, I had to go with, with Joel. He said there's, there's many different takes on Christmas films and, and everybody agreed that this is a film that you would watch at Christmas and, and can help you get through the period. So for that reason, I'm going to say it is a Christmas film. Well, 
There you go, world. <laughs> We've sorted it's it out. No one should need to talk about it anymore. That's it. No more debate. No more tweets. That's it. Done. Uh, so, genuine opinions. Uh, firstly, Alex and Dave, did you both think that it wasn't a Christmas film? Alex? Uh, initially, I thought it was a Christmas film, but I didn't really know why. I'd never really thought about it that much. I just wanted it to be a Christmas film. Yeah, yeah. Then researching the arguments, to be honest, I was more like, actually, no, it's not. No, because it doesn't make any sense for the plot. But then, to be honest, when I actually said myself that this is an antidote to Christmas, I think right. that kind of led me down the same path of thought that it did you, which that is was like, the thing maybe that, that makes it a really good Christmas yeah, film. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, was the, that was the sweating yeah, argument yeah, for me. So I yeah, sh- shot us both in the foot there, Dave, I think. <laughs> uh, sorry, but yeah, so I actually kind of boomeranged on this one and back to thinking it is a Christmas film. Well, I think my true colours came through when I said, you know, it's about being trapped in a building with yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's very much a Christmas film in my eyes. I uh, have to approve of the judgment. Um, yeah, it, it's Christmas through and through. Like, you say people have all these different kinds of christmas traditions for some reason over here in the uk the great escape is shown every christmas a lot of people sit down and watch that it's got nothing to do with christmas but it's like whatever <laughs> your family tradition may be you make it your own whatever you say is a christmas movie and that you watch at christmas you watch it it's your christmas movie and die hard there's certainly more uh, evidence and more reason to put it in that category than most what about you two what about you gav a hundred percent Christmas film for me. I watch it every single Christmas Eve, along with Santa's sleigh. For some reason, <laughs> only at Christmas Eve, or do you watch it? Probably? I, I think I watch it about two or three times a year. And what about you, Joel? Yeah, it's a Christmas film. Like you could watch it in July, and I will watch it in July. But <laughs> it's a and, it's and a Christmas June. film. <laughs> and May. Good. I've got okay. to say though, when I when I pointed out that Bruce Willis said it's not a Christmas film, and I said, "How do you know?" He wasn't joking. He said it a comedy roast of himself. Oh right. He said, okay. It's not a, <laughs> Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. It's a goddamn Bruce Willis movie. So I think uh, <laughs> Stephen E. Souza may be taking the piss, but Bruce Willis certainly was as well. I, and I apologise, Bruce Willis. I don't. Not for your impression. Yeah. anyway moving on so once again i I put a poll up on twitter over the weekend i asked our friends and followers whether they think die hard is a christmas film or not a considerable 76 percent of you voted that it is a christmas film i think that's our most uh, votes that we've ever had as well it was over 200 uh before we adjourn the case as well it's time for a caption contest so what we do here is we take a screenshot of the film and we put it on twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with the best one winning a chocolatey frog shaped treat so this <laughs> week i've picked alan rickman's hans gruber falling out of the nakatomi plaza window with an expression on his face as if to say oh boy uh so right we've got a considerable amount of uh, captions here so i'm just going to read out the best i'm sorry if i miss out anybody's here um so you guys have just got to decide which is the funniest starting with when somebody says it's decided we're watching love actually <laughs> uh, number two the face you pull when you're watching a good day to die hard uh, number three obviously this one's for you here realizing the rock's character in skyscraper is a post nakatomi plaza version of argyle <laughs> uh, no, next one is i bet people are going to overrate this movie for eternity uh, uh, when you realize you forgot to defrost the turkey um this isn't a Christmas movie. A lot of these are kind of getting pushed off a cliff uh, or pushed out a window, I should say. Uh, when I said I wanted the ending credits to be Let It Snow, I didn't mean me. 
Um, okay. um, when you think there is one more step at the top of the staircase. <laughs> um, and Hans, booby. <laughs> Which is uh, obviously what Alice says. Okay, so guys, what do you reckon there? I like the uh, post-Nakatami rock one. I quite like the uh, missing the top step. Yeah, me too, yeah, to be yeah, honest. I quite like, I like, like that. that. It's Ozzy. relatable. Yeah. I'm going to go with top step, I think. Yeah, okay, sorry, so well done to... Uh, Ollie, ooh, uh, you've just won yourself a flipping Freddo. Okay, so just before we call it a day, just wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends. Uh, we've mentioned these guys several times before, but they are brilliant. Their Daniel podcast, really great. Uh, I wanted to mention them this week because I just listened to their their, their version of um, or their review of Cutthroat Island. So we, we did Cutthroat Island ourselves, but on trial a few weeks back and they've just covered it themselves and it is absolutely hilarious. Every single bit that they talked about, it just came flooding back to me, all the terrible bits of, of Cutthroat Island. Uh, they've also got a Patreon page as well if you want to give them some money um, because they produce loads of great content and it'll help to go a long way to help them producing that content. It's definitely one to check out. Uh, follow them on Twitter as well, at Pods. So yeah, do it or else. It's also worth knowing we've got a Patreon we just don't know plug it all the time. So if ever you do want to buy me a coffee, <laughs> feel, feel free. Thanks. So, <laughs> so as this film has been going on, we have decided the next film to be put on trial, and it is Mary Poppins 2. Uh, does it have a, another name? Mary Poppins 2? The Return? The Return of Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. The Revenge. Yeah. The Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> a good day to Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh, oh, we're getting dark here. <laughs> Mary Poppins with a vengeance. Um, okay, so we've also picked out the roles. Of Mary Random. Pops in. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> now we're going into the porn parody territory here. Let's move on. Right, we picked out the roles at random, and in the role of prosecution, it's going to be me. In the role of defense, it's Captain Dave. In the role of judge, it's going to be Joel, and character witnesses are Ozzy and Alex. So, just to say thank you very much for everyone who's listened to this episode, you can catch all of our stuff on filmsontrial.co.uk or any podcasting platform, to be honest. Why not check us out on Twitter at Film Trials? You can recommend a film for support on trial and we will whack it in the hat and get round to reviewing it eventually. Also check out our collaborators and friends, Austin Ray and Winston Sang. That's our music producer and graphic designer at Aussie Ray and at the underscore quakes. And check us out on all social media, Films on Trial. So thank you very much, everybody. We have decided Die Hard is a Christmas film. End of. And we will be in your ears next week with Mary Poppins' The Revenge. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, James Caan dies really hard in The Godfather as well. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>